If you're the kind of dad who breaks his back and busts his balls just so his family can have a sack of fun, did you see what I did there, Randy? I did see what you did there. And this is the podcast for you. Amazing how we can use double entendre and still sound as immature as ever. We are the podcast that celebrates suburban dad life and every other habitat in between. This is Bad to the Dad, along with my good friend, Coach Randy. My name is Adam D. This is episode 23. Hello, Coach. Hello, Adam D. It's so good to see you, as it always is, on a beautiful Sunday morning. Gorgeous day out here in New Jersey, finally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's June. Summertime and the living is easy. Uh, we have to take care of some business, right? We do. We have. We get this out of the way first. Uh, Becky Berman, uh, who, by the way, uh, we constantly get great comments on our logo. Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Yeah. Uh, the Bone Daddy with the uh, the pipe. Uh, thanks so much, Becky, for being there for us the entire season. BermanCS.com. BermanCS.com. She helps graphic design, website design. Uh, please. Uh, give her a shout out. Go to her. Let her know that uh, Bad to the Dad sent you. Uh, we appreciate all that you do for us, did for us, Becky, and look forward to our continued sponsorship and partnership when we resume our episodes uh, later this year. Absolutely. We're also on social media, of course, because who isn't? If it wasn't on social media, did it really happen? I don't think so. You cannot exist unless you're out there on the uh, digital footprint of the internet. If a tree falls and there's no Instagram or Snapchat filter, then did it really happen? But it, it's really happening with Bad to the Dad. Instagram, at Bad to the Dad, and of course our website, badtothedad.com. Check out the pictures uh, throughout this past season of all of our guests and all of the nonsense and good fun that we had here in The Den, which in is our den. basement recording studio where you could see Coach Randy and I talking with all of our new friends and good friends that we've had Definitely. throughout the year. And of course, there are memes on social media, on Instagram, where I uh, pluck quotes from Dadvice and some of the other conversations that give you a sense of the content that we're talking about here. And you are the meme meister. I mean, you have become quite the memer. Having, having a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it's been taking me away from, like, real work that pays me. But, uh, obviously, this, this is the kind of thing. These labors of love that, that are uh, a lot more fun. And we've got uh, another wonderful guest today. We do, on our final very, episode. very strong message, yes. Uh, we have Dr. Mike Delano, good good friend, a uh, good friend of mine. He is a chiropractor, inventor. We'll get into some of that. But I think that uh, the centerpiece of what we're going to hear from him today is, is all about his story of surviving testicular cancer not once, but twice. So school is out, and uh, last episode we were talking about graduations, and I was focusing on my daughter's graduation from middle school, so all of a sudden I have a high schooler, so that is a real... Uh, that's got to be great. That, that's just a, a bug out for me. But I didn't get a chance to talk about my son's graduation from elementary school. And I was sitting in the ceremony, and of course they do the diplomas, and they give out awards, right? And of course they give out awards for presidential fitness, they give out awards for music, they give out awards for academic achievement, leadership, character, all great things. Important things. Oh yeah, but you know what they're still doing now? What are they still doing? And it was a bit miffed, maybe miffed yeah. isn't the right word, perfect attendance, or excellent yeah, attendance. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, that's uh, that, that that drives me crazy. That perfect attendance because I mean I get it. I mean you go straight through, but uh. but what what are we really celebrating? That you showed up every day. I mean it's yeah. not like you're, you're Cal Ripken, right? <laughs> like, yes, okay, I mean, right, great. You came to school. You played shortstop every day. Didn't miss a day. I mean, I, on one hand, there's something to be said about not missing a day of school, but I think it's more put on the parents that put that pressure on the kid because I'm somewhat certain the. In the term of three years, you're going to be sick. You're going to be sick, and sometimes you need a mental health day. So I was turning to my uh, my mother-in-law, who yes. is in, in from Texas, and it was uh, great that they were able to share. I love the, that your the family joy. does that for you. I, I, it was very cool. A little very envious cool. about that. I think it's fantastic. you got a great family. It just so happens that my uh, my mother-in-law is a teacher of, of young ones in a, a private day school in Dallas. And we made this face to each other, like, really perfect attendance? This is what we're celebrating? You know, she says, I have this one kid uh, in my school who has chronic asthma. 
Mm-hmm. He's not coming to school every day, mm-hmm. but he's still a good student yeah. and finds a way to make, make it work. These are the things that we need to be celebrating, well, the resilience, the right? Resi- well, that is stuff we talked a lot about, and you know, we'll get into it after you share your story, yeah. this concept of resiliency in kids. We have this one neighbor, his mother's from Brazil, mm-hmm. his father's from Australia. All right. Every year, for two weeks... They go to Australia to tour the country and see family because you don't go to Australia for a long weekend. That's not like going to Cape Cod. You spend more time on the airplane yes. to go for the long weekend. It takes weekend. a day to get there, yeah. a, day, a day to get back. I'm thinking, all right, forget perfect attendance. Come back and do some sort of report of, of course. what you've seen. And teach your, your peers about what you saw. You could do a PowerPoint slide. You could even show some videos you took. Do a little iMovie. That is what I would rather say. I'd rather give that kid an award for sharing his experiences in Australia. If I want to take my kids out and go to Switzerland for a week and show them Switzerland, they're going to learn far Far more more from that trip than, you know, coming to school every day. Uh, And and look, I I don't want to devalue the importance of showing up every day and getting your education in, in a consistent way where you don't miss anything. But... That that's what we're celebrating. Yeah, no, uh, you know, sometimes you get that that moment in me, and I you kind of like push that kind of little button in me because uh, that is part of who I am and what we talk about. And if you remember last weekend, I was out in the as you said, the right coast, the left coast, or the west coast. I remember you referred to it as something. Well, uh, it's def- definitely the less left coast. Yes, it's, it's the left coast on a map. Yeah, but I guess you know, yeah. being um, being in human resources yeah. and understanding labor law. Yeah. Uh, no offense, Californians, but we call you the People's Republic of California. <laughs> very pro-employee, very yes. pro-candidate, yes. and I actually had to do legal interviewing sessions ah. with my peers uh-huh. all week long. So gotcha. this this came up. You know, so that that, that does make and they do. It is a unique culture for the most part in California. We talked a lot about. Uh, in our training about the importance of kids being resilient. Mm-hmm. That uh, part of what I love, and we I do this through sports, uh, and I see that with my own girls, so I'll talk about it in a second, is the desire and need to build resiliency out of our kids, empathy, right? And being able to take risks without fear of messing up and failure. You know what my wife does? My wife um, picks a day mm-hmm. for each of my kids mm-hmm. to do a mental health day and go into New York City and That's see great. a show... Or go out for dinner, go to a go to a park, mm-hmm. and they miss a day of school, <gasps> right? Mental health day, mm-hmm. because we believe that life is short, mm-hmm. and yeah, we understand that school is important. Mm-hmm. But you know, in May or June, as the school year is kind of winding down, mm-hmm. it's okay to take a day off and spend time with family and create memories. Well, and that's the most important thing is this concept of building memories and what you do, and you no longer have to go to a school to learn. Yeah. You don't have to go sit to a classroom. Now, so, you know, my wife does these mental health days. Yeah. Uh, I don't go because I'm worried about perfect attendance. <laughs> we are bad to the bad. We are bad to the dad, and we are excited to be speaking with our Last guest of the season, and that is Mike Delano. We call him Dr. Mike. He brings a lot to the table. Chiropractor, inventor, and cancer survivor, and of course a dad of two uh, wonderful young girls, and we'll get into all of that during this interview. Mike, great to see you once again. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, nice right? to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. Nice to meet you as well. Hey, Mike, we mentioned that you're a uh, you're a chiropractor par excellence. Uh, full disclosure, I'm a patient. I need to be a more diligent patient. And I was joking that I, I may need to follow you back to your office after uh, this show just because of all the traveling I've been doing and the, the lugging bags and that just does wonders to the skeleton. But, you know, I think that uh, chiropractic um, is sometimes a misunderstood medical profession. So can you tell us a little bit about what chiropractic is all about? You know, when I try to explain it to patients, uh, there's basically three types of chiropractors. You have your your soft tissue guys, which are, you know, and you'll know them when you walk in their office. It looks like a big giant gym. They do a lot of physical therapy. They'll do some joint mobilization, a lot of physical. So it's, you have that kind of chiropractor. Then you have your old school guy, that they want you to come in, they, they barely take x-rays, they want to lay down, they snap and crack your neck, they send you out the door, don't get me started on those guys. And then you have the guys that kind of like what I do, where we're biomechanically focused, we, we've we done numerous studies, uh, we've been published in some of the most established peer-reviewed medical journals, we have computer models of what a spine is supposed to look like, so 
our adjusting protocol is very, very specific. We have traction protocols that are very specific. We take pre-X-rays, we take post-X-rays. Everything is specifically measured, so you see a consistent outcome both in terms of how a patient feels as well as mathematically. We want that spine to be as close as normal as we can because we know if we do that, the patient's function is going to be great. They're not going to have pain. They're going to they're going to feel wonderful. So, unfortunately, there's so many different kind of chiropractors. People sometimes have a negative response to one and then they end up blaming the profession as opposed to the individual unfortunately so and mike so your your practice which is in uh, bloomfield new jersey is called delano family family chiropractic Chiropractic. so that kind of goes two ways it's uh delano family because it's a family business i know your your dad's uh, in the business, your sister's in the business. Am I uh, missing anybody? My sister runs the show. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my my younger sister, Megan, is my office manager. Uh-huh. I'm like true Italians. Nepotism <laughs> runs deep. Yeah, but you so, trust. A lot of loyalty there. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of loyalty there. A lot of loyalty. Um, and it's great to have all of us there. My father's been there 40 years. I'll be celebrating 20 years as a chiropractor in November. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the invention that you're yeah. working on with, with your dad. Yep. Because uh, I know all, all doctors at heart are entrepreneurs and tinkers. So, yeah, sure. So what is this and how is this going to revolutionize the chiropractic profession? Well, one of the biggest problems that we're seeing in terms of posture, in terms of structure, is what we call forehead posture, forehead translation. In fact, there was a great article, I think, in the Washington Post about tech neck. You said forehead? Forward head translation, or forward, forward head posture. Forward head posture. So the head's coming forward because we're all looking at our cell phones. At the cell phones. Our, okay. shelf, our shoulders are rolling right. forward. And what that does structurally is our head is actually really, really heavy. It averages between 8 to 12 pounds. I don't know who came up with that number. I think it's on the short side. One of the ways that we treat a spine is not only do we adjust where we put force in the spine to push the bone back in the normal alignment, but we use traction, which is, think of it, traction as an adjustment over time. We put a force in the spine to retrain ligaments, tendons, and muscles, which trains the joint to hold the bone where we want it to. So we wanted to find a better way to not only rebuild the alignment of the neck, but also get the head back in position, and that's where the collar came from. The uh, server guard... That's the invention. Yeah, server guard rehabilitation collar. The who? Server guard rehabilitation collar. I think you need an actor. Mouthful. For that. Yeah, I know. We're working on it. I think you need a We're, better business. Our, our company is literally <laughs> three months cool. old. Yeah. All right. We just started. We got our first 500 collars from China. Um, Kessler's taking a whole bunch of them. Um, this is the rehab uh, center. Kessler right? Rehabin. Yeah. Um, CBP's taking a whole bunch. We're running an abundance of research. We have about 40, 50 case studies that we've done in our office. On prototype collars, so literally we're in our infancy, so we're we're just starting this process. The collar, the collar, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the is a collar, yeah. The server guard, <laughs> I know we're working on it. The serv- the I know guard. it's not the best. Yeah, We've got to come up with something you know, I like cooler. Guard well, I hear server guard. I think service guard. You know, or I think you know service cervix. <laughs> Service collar. Man, all right. Well, that goes. That I'm throws like, that out the door. I'm telling you. No, but but you're talking <laughs> cervical spine, right? We, we're ch- right. Cervi guard. Stick with it. Listen. Yeah. All right. See, I mean, now you're just totally killing our dream here. We no, got no, no. We're, we're making new. your dream better, or maybe a nightmare. But we're here to. We're, we're yeah. here to go. I'm just letting you know. That's just what came. And I think you should. You should. You know. Well, you guys are the ad guys. Here's what I think you need. You need to punch it out for licensing. I think you need to come up with the Iron Man version, the Captain America version. You're a big DC guy. Yeah, no, so maybe you put the bat that, logo on it. Oh, absolutely, bold and platinum yeah. package. Because yeah. I have to, you know, Ooh, the platinum package. All, yeah. all of the nonsense that you know Bruce Wayne slash Batman did. I give it away. <laughs> goes through. He would probably need a server guard. Well, definitely, yeah. definitely. I would think so. I think everybody would need one. Now, do you yeah. sleep with us on? It's like a no. That's the that's the cool thing about it. And you know, normally we when we do attraction at home because I always have my patient do something at home. So so what's the plan? You said you're three months in. We're literally three months in. You just got your shipment from uh, We first from got overseas. our first 500 from from China. Yeah. They did a wonderful job. We were really, really pleased with how it came out. And um, we've had certification from insurance, so we can charge insurance for it. People don't have to pay it out of pocket. Even Medicare is paying for it, which is awesome. Um, we had a great um, event at the Bronx VA. Um, we showed a bunch of orthopedist doctors there and some physical, physical therapists. They really liked it. Uh, we left them six. They're going to start ordering more. They're coming up with a protocol. So it, we're just kind of getting the ball rolling. It's fun. It's trademarked, it's right? It's fun. It's fully patented. trademarked. It's fully patented. Yes. It's, it's, you got to watch out uh, those big pharma companies. Uh, come after I you. got you. We are fully covered in that in that respect. Yeah. So we're, we're ready to start selling them, but it's 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 really an incentive. That's going to be kind of exciting. 
It's really cool. I mean, it's really cool. And to see the results that you're getting from patients when they're starting to use it. Because, you know, you had your, your cherry pick 30, 40 people in the beginning. And, they, and, they're, and they're old patients. They're willing to do everything you ask. Now you're putting it on just people coming off the street, never seen it before, never seen you before. Hmm. Trusting you that this is technology. And they're excited. Like, oh, this is new. Great. I want to try it. And, and you're getting great post-film results on it. It's, and people are feeling great, so it's cool. But we are talking with uh, Dr. Mike Delano, chiropractor, inventor. And we also mentioned that he is a cancer survivor, uh, testicular cancer. So that really hits home with our core demographic here, which is, which is dads, dads. Yep. which is men. Um, so I always say I never like to open up old wounds, but I think we can also educate people. Sure. Can you take us back to you know that, that first diagnosis, that meeting yep. you had with your doctor, Mike, sorry to hear, sorry to tell you this, but you've got testicular cancer. Walk us through that. Um, well, I remember it was two years ago I was initially diagnosed. I remember that year I actually helped two of my patients through the process of recovery um, after okay. they after, after, after okay. they had testicular cancer, which is rare. You remember, you know what? We should all be doing self checks because okay. you know, they found yeah. it so late that it had spread to their abdomen, to hey. their lung, mm -hmm. and once it spreads, it's it's much much harder to treat. Mm -hmm. So early early detection is is absolutely necessary. And like women, when they do breast exams, we should really be doing the same thing. So a little PSA for all the guys <laughs> that have a public service announcement: um, every month, guys should do exactly what the ladies do: take a nice hot shower. When the boys are hanging really low, grab them, roll them around in your hands. They should feel like smooth robin's eggs. Um, if you feel a lump on the side of the testicle, that's when you call your urologist. Now, if you do feel a lump, don't panic. Usually it's an infection. It's a variceal or spermatoceal. They'll give you antibiotics out the door you go. Nine times out of ten, that's probably the case. Even probably higher than that. But unfortunately, when I felt my lump, I went, had it checked out. They do an ultrasound. The ultrasound came back and it was solid as a rock. So the doctor says there's a high probability you have cancer, which is an absolute gut punch. Just when, right there. Right there. He just he looks you right at you and it's any kind of bedside manner or just no way, matter of fact. Well, Doctor Shin, who's at uh, Hackensack Hospital, wonderful urologist, really really great guy. He's like Mike. There's you you, you probably have testicular cancer, and you know he, and he, when he says that to you, it's now were you by yourself? Or you? I was by myself. Oh wow! It feels like someone's punching in the stomach. And you get that tunnel vision, and you know you start to feel the fear come in. What about my first thing is, what about my kids? What about my wife? How you know what's going to happen? But you know you, I, I for some reason I, I shut off the right side of my brain, go fully left brain. Okay, this is what I have. Hybro, it's early detection. It's probably hasn't spread. This is we're going to take it out. This is what we got to do. So literally, he's like four days. What are you doing in four days? I'm like um, nothing. He's like, yeah, let's let's book you some surgery and uh, get that out of you. And and it happens so quickly that you know you schedule the surgery. Um, I go back in my office. I rearrange my schedule. I'm going to be out for a month. You have to call my patients. All that rigmarole. All that stress. It sucks. Um, I decided. Of course, I told my wife. Did not tell my kids that I had cancer because I didn't want them to have that stress, to have that worry. And how old were they at the time? Um, so 10 and 6. Okay. Both my girls. Okay. And so very old young, enough. old enough to know what cancer yeah. is and it usually kills people, yeah. Yeah. right? So yeah. I didn't want to have I, I didn't want to have that conversation with them. Yeah. I really didn't. Makes sense. Um, so I um, I just told them daddy has an infection and daddy's going to have surgery, but I'm going to be fine. I'm going to come home, I'll rest for a couple of weeks and then I'll be up and around. So four days later, they knock you out and uh, they remove your testicle. And when you do that, it's not the most fun thing in the world. Did they a, give you anything back? I've heard that they give you, you know like what, a rubber do, bullet. They do give you an option to get yeah. a prosthetic in your. T I option not to get the uh, prosthetic because okay. you know I'm not that vain. Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be doing many pornos. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> no. Although who knows? Maybe you got, someone would think that was cool, but whatever. Um, I, no, I, I decided. I, what, what do you think you would do? Adam? I, I would. I would go for the prosthetic, not not for the uh, cosmetics. <laughs> I need that balance. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I. I, need, I think it I, might. I might tip the scale literally. Well, I need to know that 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 the chest is full, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm so okay. used to having things done. I, 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 tell you, I mean, I guess I understand. I, I would have to give us some kind of nickname because no, the boys. So yeah. then you go from having the boys to to the boy. Well, to the boy. It's like you know when Wham broke up. Now yeah. you only have George Michael. You don't have the other guy that nobody and no one cares about who that is. I'm so not going to name my testicle George Michael. No, no. But if you did, <laughs> probably a bad example. But, but <laughs> you, you get the I analogy. Call, right? I call it Wham. Right? Wham. 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 <laughs> Wham. You could call it George Michael. You wouldn't. <laughs> They do, but they do. They do you don't give want to call the, like Seals and Crofts and the Smothers Brothers. You know? 
Tweedle Dumb and Tweedle Dumber. <laughs> there you go. But they, they again, they do give you that option. I declined it um, for I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Um, but anyway, they when they do it, they take everything out. They take all the sporting leftovers, the blood vessels, the testicle. Everything comes out. Did you see it? Um, I did not. I did not. They, did usher, you have the option of they, that? Uh, you could have, but they kind of take it right away because they want to do a pathology report on yeah. it. They don't know what kind of cancer it is. Right. So left when they or take right? It out, I'm just curious. It is the left. All right. So I give a left nut for that. And Actually, quite literally. quite literally. Quite literally. All right. In fact, funny joke, when I went in there, when I get nervous, I get like sarcastic, and I told them, okay, everybody, let's make sure we get the left testicle. Yes, exactly. Let's then, mark it nice. Did you draw and, and they're all Sorry. serious as I come in there, <laughs> yeah. and they start laughing. I'm like, okay, I say, don't worry about it. We're gonna, we're actually going to mark it. We're going to mark it. They, they took a Sharpie, yes, and they go, they put an X on the left. They did. I'm like, okay. Uh, all right. All right. I was, I was kidding, but you know what? I'm, I like the efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> so... They, of course, they, they cut you open, they do your thing. Because they were using body paint. Yeah. Uh, draw like a whole like bird or fish. Like Target that. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> X marks the spot. Yeah. Literally, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Was um, it a black Sharpie, red, blue? I'm just curious. I believe it was a black Sharpie. All right, good. All yeah. right. Uh, anyway, you go, you, do, you go home, you start sweating it out for a couple weeks as they get the pathology report, and then they tell you what kind of cancer you have. But And at the time, they thought, hey, great, we got it all. It was located only in the testicle. All the surrounding tissue was negative. You do all kinds of CAT scans, and, and, and there's a full blood panel they have to do that was all negative, so I thought I was really in the clear. So afterwards, they um, they put you on what they call surveillance. So every three months, you go back to the oncologist, and they'll do a full blood panel. You do an abdominal, chest, and pelvic x-ray, because that's usually where physical mm-hmm. cancer can spread. And I did three surveillance um, visits, and they were all negative. And on my year anniversary, I go back in there, and lo and behold, I have three lymph nodes hmm. that had blown up out of nowhere, so they call it a reoccurrence. And I remember sitting in the office, and he's, you know, sorry to tell you this, but looks like we have a reoccurrence hey. of your testicular cancer. And my reaction the second time, I was pissed. <laughs> I was so angry, I started sure yelling, you know. and... It, Dr. Robert Alter, who is my oncologist at Hackensack University, excellent doctor, little guy, and here I am, just start screaming like a raging bull. I am pissed. <laughs> just the nurse pops me. her head in, it's like, everything okay in here? And I was, oh, I was so mad. What were you angry at? <sighs> that it had come back, it was in the lymph nodes, and I knew what I was going to have to do. I knew what was coming next. He was going to say chemotherapy. It's like, shit. Because your lymph nodes. Yeah. It was in the they lymph fight nodes. disease. They're, they're an important part of your... Big time. And then once system. and once it gets to the lymph nodes, that is your highway system. It yeah. goes everywhere. And it can spread everywhere in a hurry. And that's serious. That's that's uh-huh. bad. When it gets into your, uh, into your lymph nodes. So I was... Uh, I, again, I don't even... I was... As I talk about it now with you guys, I'm even surprised by my reaction. I was pissed. Yeah. Because then I knew, all right, I'm going to have to do chemotherapy. I'm going to be sick as a dog. I'm going to lose my hair. And, I, and I'm going to have to tell my kids. They're going to have uh, to know. That's why you're angry. That's, yeah. I'm yeah. going to have to tell my kids. Yeah. And, um, and I remember their reaction when I, when I told them. We, we went out to dinner. We're sitting at the booth at dinner, and I, and I told them. And you should see that, the look on their faces that you never want to see as a parent, mm-hmm. that fear. Oh, my God, Daddy has cancer. He's going to get sick, and he's going to die. And you see that look on their face, and you, you never want to see that as a parent, ever. You never want to cause fear for your kids. You never want them to worry about you. You know, daddy is this big, giant, indestructible thing. Literally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's always, and I always wanted that for them. I always want, daddy's this big, huge guy. He's always going to protect me. I'm always going to be there for them. Uh, I don't want them to worry, especially about me. But, you know, I told them, look, the type of cancer I have, it's very curable. Um, I'm going to be sick for a while, but daddy's going to be okay. And I'm going to need lots of extra hugs and kisses. And, you know, they, they cried and they were worried, but, you know, I kept reassuring them and, um... Yeah, it was, it was tough. How long did you go through chemo? Um, well, initially he gave me two options. He's like, well, we have two different plans that we can put you on. We can do the six-month plan where you come in every... You do you do two times a week. You come in, you're sitting in the chair for about five hours. So, you know, intravenously pump you for the chemo. You'll come back every three weeks. And if we do that, it's about 88% effective in curing your cancer. Or we could do the three-month plan um, where you come in four days a week, seven hours a day in the chair... Um, f- every two weeks you go in for three months 
and it's 98% effective in, in curing your cancer. I'm like, all right, well, you have me 98%. <laughs> I guess we're doing a three-month plan, huh? Let's sign me up. So you're saying there's a chance. You're saying yeah. there's a chance. So, yeah, nine, you can't argue with 98%. Well, why would so you, I guess, why would you go with, I mean, you with the platinum package, seven, you know? Seven hours. Uh, a day. A, 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 yeah. So it's uh, four days a week. Yeah, big commitment. That sucks. What, does it go yeah. through your arm? Is it they, they put it? Um, well, they gave me yeah. the option of putting the port in your shoulder, which yeah. would have been a lot easier, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to continue to work as much as I could. Um, I neglected not to get the port, could have been hard to adjust. So mm-hmm. they basically rotated from a vein in my hand, arm, hand, arm, those four days. Um, and then I continue to work on chemo days. I get there seven o'clock in the morning. I'll be done by you know three o'clock. I'd zip down to my office, see a couple people, and then go home and pass out. So how are you feeling physically? So you know you, you're getting all this junk put yeah. in your body. Yeah. Uh, you did lose your hair. Uh, yeah, I lost my hair. That was that was a little bit shocking. It was, what was actually that like? it, well, I tell you, it was it was kind of funny because you know I'm I'm an Italian guy. I, I'm kind of hairy. I'm a little bit of like a little bit of a pelt going on here. So my wife would constantly follow me around with a Swiffer because I was shedding. <laughs> <laughs> I was vacuuming that everywhere. I wasn't expecting the zing. No, that's yeah, no. It's it's you gotta laugh because if you laugh, you don't yeah. laugh, you're gonna cry, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, you start losing hair, start coming off in the shower, and you're just leaving a trail of hair everywhere. And I'm like constantly apologizing to my wife. I'm so sorry. I'm making a mess. Let me clean up on herself. And um, and then one morning, I'm um, you know I have a goatee, I have a little bit of a beard. I've had it for. Since I was at chiropractic school, 96, I've never, you know, my kids have never seen me without it. Mm-hmm. So I go brush my teeth and I go to, you know, get the toothpaste off and half my beer goes with it. Wow. I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time. Wow. Take the buzzer out, shave myself off, go downstairs, and the kids look at me and freak. Uh, Who's the stranger? Yeah, like, yeah. who is that? Even my wife looked at me like, oh my God, <laughs> you look like a 12-year-old. <laughs> thanks, oh God, a very thanks, large 12-year-old. Thanks, thanks, baby. Yeah, right? And then, of course, the hair starts to go, you saw yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So, and, um, and, you know, your body changes. The, the first thing they give you when you're going for chemo is they give you this giant bag of steroid. So you start blowing up. You look like a, you know, Veruca Salt from... Uh, oh, yeah. Veruca. From Willy Wonka. From yeah. Willy Wonka. Start blowing up blueberry. like a blueberry. Yeah. Um... So I, I looked pretty funny now that I look back at Christmas pictures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I looked a lot different. And, you know, you, 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 it's this, it's, when you're on chemo, I guess, how do you feel? It's kind of like having the flu with a bad stomach virus every day hmm. for 10 days. And then the chemical starts to leave you and you start to feel a little bit better. And then once you start feeling a little bit like normal, yeah. hey, let's start the whole process over again, huh? <laughs> and I was like that for about three months. And you worked every day. I worked pretty much every day until the last week. And he actually yelled at me. He's like, what are you doing? You're, he wasn't worried about my immune system. They have this new thing, uh, I think it's called Nulasta, where they put this thing on the back of your arm, and at the end of the treatment, mm-hmm. it boosts your immune system up. So he's like, you know, I'm not worried about you getting sick, but you're going to make yourself really tired. I mean, you're not sitting behind a desk all day long. You're standing, you're picking people up, you're moving around constantly. And he's like, he wanted me to take December off, but I couldn't yeah, but do did it. you feel like, like working... Um, helped you with your 100%. recovery mentally and percent kept your game up 100 morale being in there moving around um acting like you know what i'm not that sick it's like a regular day i'm not that mm-hmm. sick yeah mm-hmm. no. and then once you're and it's it's weird in my profession because you're in there and you're helping people and that empowers you mm-hmm. when you're when i'm sick and i'm not you feeling good or if i'm in purpose 100 i'm in there i'm concentrating on somebody else i'm not concentrating on my on myself let me, what can I do for this person to help them? And and that and again, it empowers you, gives you that energy, and, and it really it really did help me get through it. Because if you're so, home, you're focusing on yourself, one hundred percent, and you're going yeah. inside your mind, you're going crazy. But you will go right down right? that rabbit hole, and you mm-hmm. will be depressed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where are you now? Um, you're yeah. completely in remission. Right. You're still doing the regular checkups. I, I am not in what they call remission yet. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't tell you you're cancer-free. They're going to keep it on me for the next four years. Mm-hmm. So initially he had told me we're going to go back on surveillance. The first uh, two years, it's going to be every three months, blood work. That's going to see if it comes back. But apparently, on my last one, he's like, your blood markers are non-existent. That's a good thing. Your your CAT scan is completely normal. You look great. I don't, I don't think we need to see you in three months. Let's do six. So they just downgraded to me to every six months now. He's, he's very confident. Um Symptomatically, all the side effects are gone. The neuropathy in your hands, headaches, um, the hot flashes. 
Ooh. Yeah, I can now empathize with every menopausal woman on the planet. <laughs> yes, I have <laughs> had hot flashes. Yeah. Which was so weird. And what's that like for a man, Mike? <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you this one story, too, actually. my oh, The first one I got, my wife was sitting next to me, who was, who was absolutely wonderful, and I couldn't have gotten through it without her. Um, we were sitting watching Netflix, and I had a hot flash. She looked at me, she's like, you all right? My skin was red, I'm all hot. It was the middle of winter. I literally took off my sweatpants, took off my chair, I ran outside, I stood outside in 20 degree weather, and just like, oh my God. I feel fantastic. And my skin was on fire. It was weird. It lasted for 15 minutes and it went away. Then I go back in and get dressed. And the second time, my wife was laughing. She's like, I can't believe I'm staying outside of you in 20 degree weather, you know, and you're in your, you know, your boxers. And then uh, I remember one middle of the night, two or three in the morning, woke up, had a bad half flash, didn't want to wake up my wife, go into my bathroom. And for whatever reason, whoever was in my house, whoever built the house, Put eight windows in my bathroom. Something like this. Who puts eight windows in their bathroom? <laughs> Whatever. Who has hot flashes? <laughs> but likes but to show the bathroom off. is cold and the floor is cold, so literally I would lay on the tile uh. to cool off. Uh-huh. And I'd been there for 15 minutes. So after the hot flash abates, you get up, you get you, you get this cool, you break into a sweat, you finally cool off, I get up, I, go, I try to ninja myself back in bed because I don't want to wake up my wife, but unfortunately I'm unsuccessful. So she gets up, does her, wants to go to the bathroom, and she calls out, Mike, there's something wrong. I'm like, what? The floor is on fire. <laughs> like, You're so no, hot. no, honey, no. The that floor's not me. on fire. That was yeah, that was me. That, that was me. <laughs> so it yeah, all your I, I can now empathize with every menopausal woman. Yes, I've had hot flashes. That was weird. Nice. So so is life. I never want to say back to normal because anyone who goes yep. through something like that, there's no normal. There's no normal. There's, there's a, new, a normal. new normal. Exactly. Normal. So well, thank yeah. God. No, I'm pretty much 100. percent Other than and this is. Actually, a common side effect, which I didn't know, when you get uh, platinum-based uh, therapies, um, but the drugs, you get ringing in your ears. So oh. you get tinnitus. And when I was doing it, man, it was bad. And that was one of the things that freaked me out because it was so bad. And then, of course, you go online, you start reading, and people have you know permanent hearing loss due to the, um, you know, it's a splatin. Um, but uh, it is it has definitely gotten better, but I still have it a little bit. Like I love, I'm a voracious reader. I love to read a book. Sit in a quiet room, relaxing. I can't do that. All I hear is that little mm-hmm. buzzing sound. Mm-hmm. It drives me nuts. But you know, I put a little rain app on, or if I put a little music in the background, I'm okay. It's a good life hack. If that ever happens to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. If if someone's suffering from tinnitus, uh, simply noise is an app on Android. It has a uh, rain feature on it, and they actually increase the tone mm-hmm. of the rain. And it actually matches the range of the tinnitus. Wow. You don't even know you have it. And that saved me because I was able to sleep at night. Yeah, be careful. So, you yeah. listen to an app like that too long. You're doing <laughs> yoga poses and you're smoking you bark. And... <laughs> what I find amazing is that chances are you would not have checked yourself had you not been working with no. your patients. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, and as guys, uh, that's just not something we're really good at. I mean, I think women from the, from very, very early age, they're, they're used to being poked and prodded. And it's all part of their natural growing up. But for guys, for some reason, we get so freaked out. Uh, did your urologist have a sense of humor? No. All right. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But you know what? I can understand why he doesn't. And yeah. I'm not like that. I can't be like that. I'm not one of those scholarly, emotionless, let me treat my patients like another number. Yeah. I tell lots of jokes. I have lots of fun. Yeah. I, and I love to teach. I love to educate. Where, you know, wonderful doctor mm-hmm. gave me all the information that I needed. But, you know, a little bit more on the... There's serious side. Serious there's there's side, a guy yeah. here in Livingston. I think he's still here. His name is Doctor Seaman. I, I swear to you. On some people, is he a urologist? Is he a urologist? No, some no people kidding. are just destined yeah, to exactly. work in certain right. Right. Really. And so it's, it's, yeah. and he had. I mean, and his 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 whole practice had sense of humor. And uh, I once, not too long ago, uh, oh my god, I you know I got this. Uh, I found a, a lump. And he's got a great sense of humor. I said, Doc, I think I have a lump. He goes, That's not a lump. That's your penis. You know. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. You know, there's oh, my right. wife. Like, I love a urologist who can trash <laughs> it all. <laughs> you know, but I do remember having to go in for the um, for the uh, ultrasound. ultrasound. Yeah. So you go in there, right, and you're you kind of freaked out. Yeah. You know, because you you find this, and you lay down, and they have a female. Yeah, and, and it's it. always yes. the gorgeous one. Yes. yes, it's never the ugliest Venus nurse ratchety yes. person. No, no. It's it always is. like Miss Philippines twenty sixteen. So you go in there, you're in the dark right there. They, they respect it, and they you got the gown on, and they put that cream stuff on you, right? And they start 
do whatever you yeah. might stretch going and you start going oh, the please. car one please. not now <laughs> not now <laughs> baseball ice cream baseball yes. ice cream dishwasher baseball whatever it is please don't please don't please okay cream that's cold that's cold and just, just and you know then it's done right oh, and they actually go, mine was warm they warmed that up for well, me yeah, but, but, it was but, fantastic but, 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 but the whole thing that came out and I just remember this gook Right, a tremendous buildup of gook. Okay. I, I'm still, I'm still stuck on the whole thing that came out. We, we are going to take that, edit it, and use it out of context for future shows. And you have to wipe the the schmutz. Yes, yeah, uh, the schmutz. and then you kind of sit there and have to wait. So I yeah. cannot. And that was it was a scary time for me. Sure, uh, I don't know what it, it wasn't. What, it's a it it's a mix answer. of emotions. It is uh, a mix of emotions. And, and guys, Did you, were you able to grab your uh, pichelin and kind of move it over to the side? It was actually it's really kind of fun. I, I've noticed that. Uh, it's I now it's, just, it's the girl there, right? Yeah. So you don't want your your yeah, yeah, your yeah, penis just, hanging no, out. No, no, no. So I'm like, all right, you don't want them to grab the towel, you but know, pull aside. I try to make it no, as no, no, you know. No, you got to be in, uh, and they don't professional care. as possible. They, they don't care, you know. And I'm a grower, not a shower. So then you got to really worry about the psychological <laughs> <Yeah>. damage. <laughs> we know this about your yes, yeah. right? But you got you got to peel back the oh, curtain <laughs> only so much. Are you afraid to your good? You're afraid it's gonna. No way, this makes the podcast. You totally podcast. Because think about how many listeners, you know, all 70, that, that basically half of which are family, have got to understand and appreciate this. Yes, 100%. But it's true, and that's why we don't do that, which is why we have to. Uh, we have to tell our friends. We don't want to, and it's by, some would say a miracle, but the universe was talking to you. Yes. Uh, and because you paid attention to those individuals who came in, you had the foresight and responsibility to say, you know what, just in case, just in case. Mm. So a little levity, but in a I would never, no, I would never, I would never have checked up if I didn't have that. If they didn't have those two guys, yeah. and, I, and I almost want to thank them for for bringing that awareness back to me because we caught it early enough. Where fortunately, it had only been there, and I did have a reoccurrence. But again, I was under care. Was able to get it very early, and yeah, yeah. Universe was speaking. So somebody wants me sticking around for a while. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think it's a good segue to talking about your kids. Yes, because you're a dad. I am a dad. I have a beautiful, two beautiful daughters, twelve yeah. and nine. Catherine's twelve. Charlotte's uh, nine years old, and uh, and my Catherine is, you know, she's awesome. She's very twelve right now. Epic eye rolls, but uh, I'm I'm not the villain yet. Everyone tells me when they hit teenagers, thirteen, fourteen, ah, oh, that's it. You know, it really is amazing. They yeah. go from the stra- they literally go to a stranger in your house, right? Yeah, and that sweet little child used to sit there just. Nope. Oh, you prepared for that? Um, I'm not. Because yeah. I'm used to being the hero, yeah. you know, I'm the man. Uh, I still, she'll come down, she'll snug with me, and you know, and she, like, since she was a hard day, she won't tell me anything about the day. Hmm. She won't. She'll think, talk to mommy, yeah. but she won't talk to me. But at least she'll come down, and I can give her a hug and give her that reassurance. I can tell her that I love her, and mm-hmm. I always tell her, you know, if there's ever a problem, you can talk to daddy. And I pick eye roll. Mm-hmm. Of course, it should never. Well, do especially that. at twelve but, years old, there's right. certain biological uh, sure. forces at work. Yes. So you know what? It's fine to, as long as she knows I'm there and I love her. And um, how often you tell you love her? Every day. Yeah. And then that also uh, creates eye roll. Yeah. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. You know, too crushing well, for me. You just annoy just by breathing. You realize? I'm, that. I'm sorry. I, I love at twelve, thirteen. You know, going on fourteen now. The, the manipulation of facts. Yes. Right. Yes. So, because so, I want you to see it my way. Yeah. Says says the uh, preteen or because you don't know, like to be. A... And it's like, wow, that was really masterful. That's yeah. not what's really happening. Uh-huh. That is not the facts as I see them. But the way that you Except. you told that story, that is, yeah, that is really something. And um, I'm going to take credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, following your your, your battle and your fight with uh, mm-hmm. with cancer, what kind of impact? You know, how did it impact your kids and your relationship? I'm curious. I I didn't want to them to see how. I mean, there's certain things you can't hide when you're sick and you're under chemotherapy. You know, they're going to see you're going to be a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that you know, daddy doesn't have any hair, and you know, he doesn't quite look the same. But you know, when I'm in the house and I was around them. You know, I always tried to act as if, mm-hmm. you know, act as if I was normal, get down, play with them, give them lots of hugs, give them lots of kisses, tell them I love them, try not to. And then when I, when I felt bad, mm-hmm. I have the man cave mm-hmm. and I would go down like a wounded bear and sit there. Cause you know, so you just can't fake it all the time mm-hmm. when you're feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go downstairs, you put your TV on and they would go up and they're in their world and 
you know, when they come down, you know, you force yourself, you sit up a little bit, you, mm-hmm. you know, you you put a little bit of a change of face on and they'll come down, they'll sit there with you, they give you a little bit of hug and a kiss and you reassure them, daddy's fine, I'm just a little bit tired, they go back up and then you're back being miserable again. So I, I didn't want them to see how sick I was. I didn't want them to see, you know, daddy is not daddy. And so do you... Because I didn't want them yeah. to have that fear. And my wife had a lot to do with that too. She knew when I wasn't feeling wet and she was my big shield mm-hmm. and she would always... Um, she would always like, she was like, the, she was a super parent. She was. She took for over all of my duties, and we were always, my wife and I, split down the middle. What can I do to help you? You do that, you do that. Especially with two kids, you got to divide and conquer half the time, you know, in order to make it work. We both have jobs. She's very successful in her job. I'm successful in mine. And I know I, I never wanted her to, you know, feel like she had to stay at home and take care of the kids. If you wanted a career, damn it, you're going to have a career. Um, and she was like super parent. She'd come home. She would shield them from me when she knew I wasn't feeling well. And uh, she was just, she was awesome. I definitely couldn't have done it without her. Yeah. What did DJ KG say? <laughs> have a good wife. Have a good wife. Yeah. yeah we have said and these, time again with every dad yeah. who's come in here the, the importance and value of. Uh, well, these of kinds the mom. of experiences, yeah. you really get to test the partnership. Yeah. Big and time. And you know, it's and, truly equal. And yeah. my, I remember my wife, and she made me really upset. I remember sitting with my brother and, and, and you know, his wife, Christine, and uh, we were sitting there talking. And we were talking about. You know the process of going through how I was feeling, and she's like, you know, I feel like I never help him, and she got emotional. I could see her get tear. I was like, I feel like I don't, I don't help him enough. I feel like he's just going through this alone. And I was like, honey, absolutely not. You're you're doing everything I need you to do. I don't want my kids to see me sick. I don't want them to to have to worry and stress about me. And how many times did you you bring the kids up by yourself, tuck them in, read them stories, you do all of that? Where normally I'd be part of that process. Then you come downstairs and hang out with me, you know, and, and sit and talk to me and, and, and worry about me. And then I don't want her to stress out. So a lot of times I didn't share how I was feeling, how bad I was feeling with her because I didn't want her to stress out either. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I could not have done this without you. She was my absolute rock and yeah, absolutely. You got it. She, without her, I would not have been able to go through it. No way. Yeah. No way. Amazing. Jill. Um, so very touching. Uh, I could feel it and I could sense it. Uh, we love those moments here at Bad and the Dad. Uh, with that, we have a section called Dad Advice. Dad Advice. Right? It's like advice, but we're sure about dad, so I don't think I have to over-explain it. I think you, you're, you're a smart guy. You, you kind of get it. And uh, so, um, however you want to play it, uh, Mike, the, the, the mic is yours. <laughs> dad Advice. Um, you know, I, I guess my advice to dads in terms of general parentage, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Get in there. You know, change the diapers, feed the baby. Don't be one of those guys that are that are afraid to 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 get in there. I can't. How many times I just, I love giving the kid a bottle and have them watching you and adoring you and and you know getting that interaction, that connection with your kid. Don't be afraid to change those diapers. You know, look at you, they're Google Gaga. I mean, that's so, such pressure moments, and I and I still think about them when I look at my twelve year old. I remember changing her diapers and feeding her. You know, and and I was glad I was that kind of a parent. I remember my dad, and with any, even with my sister, you know, being that involved. So I was actually kind of it was such a cool experience. So as a as a parent of a new kid, don't be afraid to get your your hands dirty, get in there, you know, change diapers, feed the baby, do everything. If you're if you're sick, if you're going through physical challenges. I know everybody's different. I can't sit there and tell people to do what I did. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like that was the right thing for me. I didn't want my kids to stress, so you know what? You act as if, you know, if I'm feeling like crap, but you know what? My kid's sitting there doing her homework. You know what? Pull up a chair, sit there, gut through it. You know, you can always, you know, deal with your, your stress later. But be there for them. Love them. Give them lots of hugs and kisses, even with the epic eye rolls. <laughs> Don't Keep the love coming, I guess. That's very nice. Awesome. Uh, thanks. But I do have the, the serious question that I think many of our listeners are probably listening to. Shoot. You know, because I think this goes to the general realm of what we're talking about. Does it still work in the same fashion in terms of how you're supposed to use it in terms of the relationship? Because that is what I think is a big fear of most Very men. clinical question. And I think we need to end on that yeah. because we want to tell these dads the reality. Sure. Well, the reality is, yes, everything still works the way it should. Um, the one thing that does happen is once you leave the one, once you lose one, the other one kind of picks up a little bit. Really? And actually, the last blood test I had, my testosterone level was actually higher than 
like three or four years Look at ago. You. Look so at I'm you. actually, hey, all right, this is actually pretty good. So the other <laughs> one does grow, pick up a little bit. All right. Um, the libido may have kind of taken a little bit of a hit, which well, my wife is thrilled with, by the way. She's like, oh my God. I'm, I'm exhausted. Oh, when is this going to end? Oh my God. Jesus. So my wife is happy. The libido took a little bit of a hit, but uh, no, other than that, you know, I am proud to say that, thank God, everything's go. working the way it should. Well, we, we, we feel the same way, uh, Dr. Mike Delano. Thank you, so Dr. great Mike. to have you. Great to see. Great to see you still with us. You were talking about, you know, I I was feeling sick. I was looking sick. I was with less hair in those Christmas pictures. But we're glad that you're still in those Christmas pictures. That's right. And yep. uh, so so uh, fortunate to have you here, sharing your story with us. And who knows, we may have helped a dad out there who might be going through the same thing, or might be interested in a uh, profession in uh, chiropractic. And we covered a lot of ground win, today. Win-win. We got a lot of that. And what a great way to end our uh, our season, our episodes, Absolutely. Right? Dr. Mike, thanks so thanks much. Mike. So thank you guys for having me. Thank you for giving an opportunity to, to talk about all the things we got to talk about. It was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Again, check us out on social media. Instagram is at Bad to the Dad, and of course, badtothedad.com is our website. Pick up a keychain. Pick up a keychain, a Bad to the Dad keychain with the Bone Daddy logo. Not only does it hold keys, but Randy, it opens bottles. You know, and uh, remember I kept saying how everybody makes comments about our logo? Yeah. Mike just made a comment. Dr. Mike just made a comment. Love the logo. He loved the logo. This is great. Who did this for you? Now, how apropos that Dr. Mike was here as our guest, because mm-hmm. we're saying you buy a keychain for three bucks, mm-hmm. we're going to give a dollar to a men's health charity. What's your favorite men's health charity? Testicular cancer. I gave him the dollar and a keychain. That's how we're doing it. <laughs> this, this is how we're saving lives. One keychain, one, one bottle opener one time. at a time. So um, I'm, I know it took a while to get Dr. Mike into to the Denver oh, to interview so him. I'm glad we got him. But wow, um, you know, just his his whole story and how he handled it. Um, mm-hmm. It was really a family affair, yeah. right? A family affair, and what he chose to share with the family, uh, just to make sure that uh, the emotions and and the morale was in check the first time, mm-hmm. and the second time he's like, you know, we we got to be transparent, we got to be honest. No, uh, I, I can't. I I love the fact that the first time you're kind of like, huh, all right, all right. So shut up my right side. You know, I I got cancer. Yeah. And to the second time having gone through it, just mother God, yeah. and being angry and like you got to be kidding me. And because he was, you know, his, his work, yep. lymph node, and I can I, I don't blame him for being mad yeah. because now you're like ah, he had to feel so helpless in that moment. Like I did everything you're supposed to do, oh. and that makes complete sense to be angry. And then of course the fear of having to tell your kids. The definition of manhood mm-hmm. has uh, really changed over mm-hmm. time. You know? Thank goodness. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, men were um, a little more comfortable dealing with sensitive topics, yeah. uh, especially sensitive topics that have to do with, with our bodies. Mm-hmm. I think um, 15, 20 years ago, you said, you know, man up. Yeah. It would be um, don't tell anybody, mm-hmm. keep it a secret. Um, you know, as few people as possible should know and, and, and just do what you have to do mm-hmm. in order to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And now it's man up and have the courage to share your story in yeah. spite of going under the knife or going under radiation Absolutely. so that other people can learn from your experience. Now, he, he said it right. He said, I'm not saying that people who are undergoing cancer treatment mm-hmm. should do everything that I did. Well, which is a great thing to say because right. that makes sense. Everyone's got their own thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own challenges mm-hmm. and and you know hurdles that they have to deal with but at the very least if if you are unfortunately going through some some kind of cancer you can take stock in uh, in his story and his approach uh, especially how he brought in the family mm-hmm. and how the family uh, had to share in that experience. But uh, fighter, Dr. Mike, we love Dr. Mike and because uh, I, he's a fighter and, and he has a great sense of humor clearly. So well, and that's what I love about being able to, I love that part you know, because I've been waiting for this particular episode for a long time because mm-hmm. I, I've been waiting to share my own personal kind of experience, mm-hmm. which was 100% truthful, 100%. And I think it's important for all of us to know that it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's mm-hmm. so that, that embarrassing moment is 
expected. It's natural. Yeah. And if you can, and if you can't make fun of it, make light of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just means you're being human. Uh, and I love the fact that we—he's our last episode of the, season. Know, of the, of the season. season of our we'll season. Be back. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back. No, but there's our last episode of the season because uh, it leaves me really feeling good about what we do, and more pumped than ever for us to spend our time in the off season thinking about new ways and ideas. Because when we went offline, mm-hmm. and we had the conversation with Doctor Mike. It allowed us to reflect a little bit on some of these incredible list of dads. That we've had, you know, we did twenty-three episodes, and nobody got punched in the throat. <laughs> no throat no, punches. Nobody hit you. Nobody hit me. We didn't hit our guests. No, twenty-three weeks in a row, mm-hmm. right? And yes, last week we had the best of uh, best of dad advice worked out well. But twenty-three weeks in a row, which I think uh, I'm really proud of. It, it's a highlight of my week. It'll be interesting moving forward. I'm looking forward to some time with the family. But we really had great dads, and the best part is we're just average dads. Just trying to figure out how to love our kids. Uh, And again, over and over again, who's the most important person in dad's life? The mom. Yeah. Mom and the spouses. And whether it was moms as dads, uh, it was that constant partner, the wife's role, the number one job. Is mom. Is mom. Yeah. Or at least the hardest. The hardest. Yeah. Uh, And we we stick to that. We said that episode one, and now it's episode 23, and... uh, we are, we are, that is our story and, and we're sticking to it. So, mm-hmm. so what happens in the off season? So do we go dark? Well, that's up to you. You know, you can still go back and download your favorite episode. Yeah, all the episodes are going to stay online. Catch the episodes that maybe you haven't heard. If mm-hmm. you like what you heard today, you know, there might be another episode that Share them. strikes you. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get the word out and please communicate with us. Um, maybe there's some guest suggestions. Ooh, that'd we're, be, we're a little bit more technologically advanced where we can speak to more remote mm-hmm. guests who don't live in New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. I'm and, open to that idea because yeah. I think it's a good idea. And maybe we um, we discuss the format. Mm-hmm. You know, We sort of have a pattern. We were talking offline about yeah. how we have our paradigm of, mm-hmm. of how the show works. Mm-hmm. And you know, people have applauded us for that. But you know, maybe we experiment. Um, you know, maybe we... We do kind of like what Jimmy Fallon does or any of the late night uh, Seth Meyers and we have a, a musical guest mm-hmm. uh, if we, we want to you know, take it that far. Um, the world is our oyster. The sky is the limit. Yeah. Fill in your favorite cliche here. But uh, I think we're off to a great start. Season one in the books. And we'd like to thank you, the listener, for well, being thank, part of it. Thank all the listeners because it has grown. And what I've noticed, Adam, in terms of the data... When one person comes on and starts listening, I'm noticing people going to the back episode to start uh-huh. seeing the numbers begin to... Uh-huh. Uh, so those who've been on here uh, know that it wasn't one and done. There's people still listening to it. And when I speak, and I was with a bunch of parents over the weekend, uh, we saw a bunch of downloads bad to the dad. There's a lot of dads out there, a lot of parents, and we're really proud. I'm, I'm really proud of what we've created. We talked about it for a long time. And Adam D, you're 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 my best friend, and my I have a bromance with you, and I want to let you know how much I love you. Likewise, brother. Likewise, brother. So, season one. Thank you again, listeners. Usually, I say, dads, have a great week, have a great summer, and we will catch you at the end of August for episode one, season two. We are bad to the dead. <laughs>